Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I'm your host, Brian Convery. If you're tuning in for the first time, Careering Talk is an open mic series to empower job and career seekers with knowledge, insights, career pathing, and coaching to find that dream job and develop a career with purpose and impact. On today's Careering Talk, I've invited friends and talent leaders to join me to talk all things recruiting in 2022. I would like to first welcome my guests, and then we're going to do a quick roundtable approach where I'll ask each of them to introduce who they are, maybe describe themselves in three words and where they're where they uh, call home, how they spend their time, and what they do they do uh, for work. So I'd like to welcome my guests. My guests are Emma Search, Jovic Helen, Bridget King, Sean McClure, and Anthony Paradiso. All right, everyone, let's get going. So we'll start first, we'll just start at the top. How about Emma, if you want to start with who you are, how you spend your time and what you do? Awesome. My name's Emma. I go by she, her. Um, I'm my three words. I'd say I'm a West Coaster, technically two words, uh, an intro extrovert, also technically two words, and a planner. Um, I, I'm here in Toronto on the Danforth, um, spend my time right now in lockdown, but post lockdown, uh, I love a spin class. I love a good pub night and I am on a 10 pin bowling league. Um, and what I do for work, I work at Ecobee, so a tech company here in Toronto and I'm the manager of talent acquisition and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Welcome, Emma. Jovic, how about you? Hi, Brian. Hi, everybody. Um, again, my name is Jovic and my preferred pronoun is he and him. Um, some of the things that describes me is I'm energetic, easily amused, um, live in a small town of Femin Falls, if you know where that is. It's just uh, an hour and a half northeast of Toronto. Um, and so how I spend most of my time is really, uh, I've been baking a lot, spending most of my time in the kitchen and upping my uh, baking and cooking skills. Awesome. Awesome. And what, what do you do as far as work, Jovic? So uh, for work, I uh, just started with WSB um, in career and um, early, sorry, um, campus and early career professional specialist. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations on your new role. Thanks, Bridget. Ryan. Hi, Bridget King here. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pronouns are she and her. Um, I would describe myself as outgoing, loyal, and reliable. Um, I am based in Toronto as well. Um, outside of work, I love to run. I'm currently training for a half marathon. I'm also a huge baker, and my current quarantine trend is playing Wordle every day, as I'm sure many are. Um, and for work, I'm a talent acquisition manager on the early talent team at IBM. Awesome, Bridget. Great to see you. You and Jovic will have to maybe trade some recipes there. <laughs> sure. How about Sean? Hi everyone, uh, great to be here. Thanks for bringing us together, Brian. Uh, my name is Sean McClure. My preferred pronouns are he, him. Um, three words to describe myself. I'll follow Emma's lead. I'm an East Coaster, um, so hopefully that counts as one word. Um, I'm positive and a father as well. Um, <laughs> I'm in the west end of the GTA, so over by the Humber Valley, uh, just a little bit further west of High Park. Um, I, other than fathering, I enjoy spending my time watching the Raptors and cycling. I try and bike uh, all year round. So, um, and uh, I am the manager of campus recruitment at Extended Care Canada, Inc., which is a healthcare company. Awesome, Sean. Great to have you here today. And finally, Anthony. 
Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm Anthony Paradiso. Uh, preferred pronouns are he, him. To describe myself, I would say goal-oriented, dedicated, and I'm definitely a fun person to be around. I do live here uh, in the city of Toronto. Uh, in my spare time, uh, obviously, when we can, I do enjoy traveling. I love staying active through fitness and sport. I think, like most of us here, I do enjoy cooking and trying new foods and obviously reading a nice book. Uh, and currently, right now, I'm a senior talent acquisition consultant at Intact Financial Corporation. Awesome. Well, I couldn't imagine a better group to get together today and and have this conversation. So again, thank you all for joining and uh, let's get right to it. So to get us going, I'd like to ask you first a few rapid fires. So I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to call out your name and ask the question and just go around the horn here. So uh, then the first question is, what is your superpower, Emma? I am really good at Outlook folders. Like if there is a scroll bar on my Outlook, it means I haven't been doing my job. Oh, Outlook folders. I might need to talk to you about that. Jovic, what is your superpower? I am resilient. Resilient. Golden. All right. Bridget, superpower. Um, I'm a bit of a slack wizard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Sean. Um, I, I'm very good at organizing drawers and cupboards. Drawers and cupboards. I might need to have you over this weekend. Okay, Anthony. Let's say um, good at sports, any sports. Good at sports. Okay. Athletic. All right. Awesome. Next question is cats or dogs? Emma. Cats any day. Cats. Jovic. A dog. I'm biased because I have a dog. Okay. Go Bridget. Dogs for sure. Dogs for sure. Sean. Dogs. 100%. Cats or dogs, Sean? Oops, I might have lost Sean. Anthony, cats or dogs? Uh, both, but definitely dogs. If I had to okay. choose. All righty. Sean, did you come back? Sean said, Sean said dogs. Dogs, all right. All right, looks like dogs is the winner on this one. Um, what's your favorite holiday? We'll go the other way. Anthony. Christmas. Christmas. Sean. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Bridget. I'm going to have to go with Christmas. Christmas too. All right, Jovic. Christmas as well. Christmas, Emma. I'm going to say Christmas, but I want to say just all of December. I like the December vibes. December vibes. No Halloween on this call? Not one person likes to get dressed up. <laughs> I'm surprised. That's my favorite. But okay, no worries. Those are all great holidays. Okay, the next one is... What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Anthony. I would say work-wise, I would say best consultant, we need to clone him. Awesome, awesome. Sean. You're a really diehard Raptor fan. Not related to work, <laughs> but. Um, That's great. That's great. That's great. Bridget, best compliment. Really good at baking cookies. <laughs> Really good at baking cookies. Jovic. Okay, so this is not recent, but it's an old. Uh, I was just at my uh, parents' house last week. Uh, and in my room, there's an old plaque, a most improved student in grade eight. Um, so that was like, just remembering that was like probably the best compliment I've ever gotten at that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I thought you were going to go with great hair. But okay. That, go with yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> I'll add that to the list. All right, awesome. 
Emma. Uh, I'd say work-wise, like anytime a candidate says their recruitment experience was great and I, out of work, I wish I could say I got complimented on my bowling skills, but I don't often. Uh, all right, all right, all right. One last question and we're gonna get into it, the recruiting side. And let's try to keep this one clean. Favorite smell, Emma? Trees. Trees, I love that. Jovic? Baked bread. Mmm, baked bread. Bridget? Lavender. Ah, yes, lavender. Beautiful smell. Sean? Bacon. Um, I think it's nature's way of saying I love you. Bacon, nature's way, okay. How about Anthony? Have to be fresh laundry. Fresh laundry. Man, you all are so creative with this. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad we're here to have this conversation. All right. The topic of the talk is recruiting in 2022. And we know this year is starting off with a bang. Lots of things happening. Talent moving all over the place. Uh, students contacting us. Talent reaching out. You you in a role where you're you're on fire, I'm sure, with activities. And thank you again for joining. But First, I wanna ask all of you this question, and I really think this is really intriguing to me because I think I met most of you during the, your own careers of recruiting, not maybe prior to. So I first wanna ask each of you, how did you get started in recruiting talent acquisition and what attracted to you to it as a career? Sean, why don't we start with you? Sure. Um, I uh, took an employment law course um, while I was doing my undergrad, and uh, that led me towards my HR certification. And uh, as with most people, you get a start as a recruiter when you want to be HR generalist. I quickly learned that um, I enjoyed the selling aspect of recruiting and uh, constantly hearing people's stories and worked with many great HR generalists who uh, advised me I maybe wasn't the best fit for that kind of role, um, which I'm very thankful for. And uh, 20 years later, here I am uh, still in recruiting and uh, fully fulfilled and, and getting lots of energy from still uh, still hearing from people's stories. Awesome, awesome. Great to hear. And Bridget, how about yourself? How did you first get started in recruiting talent acquisition and what attracted you to it? Yeah, um, if you asked me in university, I would say I did not want to work in HR and had no interest in that, but I actually fell into it on one of my co-op work terms at Waterloo. Um, and then I realized what I loved about um, HR was really the recruiting aspect of selling, the meeting people, marketing, careers, um, and fell in love with that. And I've been working in the field ever since. Awesome, awesome. Emma, how about yourself? that all of our stories are the same. Uh, yep, so for me, I did my undergrad, didn't know what I wanted to do, ended up doing an HR certificate at Seneca. Um, and my first co-op was in an agency as a recruiter, um, as most people start in agency. Uh, so can't say anything really attracted me to it before. And then I just kind of realized I loved it. I've never wanted to do the HR side. It's always been like, I wanna be in recruitment and I wanna stay in recruitment. Awesome, awesome, you found your passion. Um, Jovic, how about yourself? How did you get started in recruiting and what attracted you to it as a career? Yeah, similar to everyone, uh, it was almost like an accidental career find for me. Um, you know, I did my undergrad not knowing I was going to be in HR, but I started doing gigs. Um, I was one of the brand ambassadors you would see on the street handing out and promoting uh, products. Um, and then I just had an opportunity to go on the other side and recruit for those uh uh, brand ambassador. So ever since then, I never looked back and uh, continue in this uh, recruitment passion of mine. 
Awesome, awesome. And Anthony, how about yourself? It started for me, actually, um, when I was living in New York. I had my own little sales business. I uh, grew the business just through non-traditional methods. I hired uh, four sales staff, and from here, really actually kind of enjoyed the whole learning and aspect of getting to know someone. And I think, as we can all probably agree, when you give that verbal offer to the actual successful candidate, it's a great feeling. Uh, and then from there, that just kind of just allowed me to further that experience and then just start my talent acquisition career from there. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. So, you know, we often hear this is recruitment. It's fun. It's easy. You know, it's, it's a bunch of, you know, hosting events and throwing parties and meeting candidates. And um, yeah, I mean, of course it's fun and we enjoy what we do. Otherwise we, we wouldn't be doing it, but what would you say to someone who doesn't really understand the complexity of what recruitment really is? And I'm going to ask first Anthony and then Jovic to answer this question. So Anthony, what do you, what would you say to that? It is fun. Um, it's, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's easy, but if it's something is easy, it means you're having a good time. But I, what other people need to realize too, is that you're kind of like a matchmaker. You're in the middle, you know, you're the middle person between, you know, the business and the candidate. Obviously want to ensure that you're meeting the business requirements and expectations. And then once you find that out, then you go into the market and you make sure to see if we have the right fit just to assess those skills that the business needs. Uh, so it's a lot of actual networking and have that be through, you know, social outreach, network events. Um, another thing also too, to point out, it's, it's, it's a fun role that's actually quite busy, especially during uh, this time frame. So you really need to be on top of your workload. You really need to be able to jump from one interview and going into a strategy meeting, just talking, you know, different aspects of the business groups that you're supporting. So you need to juggle essentially your priorities. Uh, and making sure that you are being the best matchmaker possible for the business as well as for the candidate. Excellent. Great, great thoughts there. Thank you. And, and Jovic, what about yourself? What about what, what's your spin on what recruitment really is and understanding the complexity? Yeah, and similar to Anthony, you know, um, I think with campus recruitment specifically, you have to wear many hats. You are a recruiter, you are a teacher, a guidance counselor for many of these young students that might not necessarily know what they want to get into. So you're really looking uh, and, and identifying and connecting with those students what they're good at um, and, and placing them in a role that you can see that they're going to thrive in. Um, you know, many challenges because students don't have those um, experience. So it's more about finding the passion, what their knowledge is in, in the specific industry, for example. Um, and, you know, it is, it's a very strategic role because you're, you know, cultivating young talent in hopes that, you know, they go into a, a program opportunity because at the end of the day, you know, companies are investing a lot of money in students and we want to ensure that, you know, they, they stick with, uh, with, with the same company for a period of time. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things uh, going on in, in campus. Um, it definitely is the busiest time for us as well at WSP. Um, but I would say, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fun, but there's many different uh, challenges that uh, goes with it. Absolutely. in the hats and, I think the other thing I would say with all of you and knowing being part of the family with you all in this space is we're also really the face of the company. And and I always often refer to us as the sales force for people. Um, we're not selling products or services, but we're really the sales force and the face of the organizations we represent. So thank you both for 
those insightful thoughts. Um, Sean, now that we've sort of demystified a bit and talked a bit about recruitment, what do you think is key for a successful recruitment, a recruiting process? Love that Salesforce for people, Brian. Well, uh, well said. Um, I just have three quick thoughts on this front. So we've all been in recruiting long enough to know it's all about the recruitment funnel, right? Um, you know, the total applications that you're going to get at the top, um, and then at the end of the day, how many candidates you're going to have accepting the offer. Um, the key, I think, to that funnel is really thinking hard about what you can do either from a technology standpoint or from a candidate experience standpoint, the interaction with the recruiters and the hiring managers and the rest of the um, interview team, how can you reduce the attrition at every single stage? Uh, we all know it's a candidate market. So the second point I wanted to think was really reversing the funnel um, within each of those stages to think about how can I make sure as many candidates move along from that stage to the next one. So it's almost like mini reverse funnels within a larger funnel, if you will. Um, I've been totally shocked recently uh, in the industry that I'm in, the number of people we have uh, drop off even at the apply stage. So, right, apply starts versus apply completes. Um, and so I think that happens at every single stage. And the last point I wanted to share, the third one, was reducing the recency bias, uh, bias excuse me. So. What Anthony uh, mentioned, I believe there was, you know, going from a candidate meeting to a strategy meeting and not thinking yeah. in that strategy meeting, hey, this just worked really great an hour ago to identify this great candidate or yesterday or earlier this week, but really trying to keep the bigger picture in mind as to where the best places are you to, for you to source from, um, to, uh, to build relationships with schools, um, vendors, so that you can um, continue to have many great applications come in at the top of the funnel. Yeah, some some great insights there too, Sean. I think I think this podcast is you know it's it's for talent to hear and and to understand who we are, what we're doing, and I think that you all are hitting upon even ideas for people to think about this as a career too. So um, thanks for thanks for that insight. Um, you know, one of the things um, I recently read, uh, I attended a Gartner's Talent Advisory Model uh, Masterclass. And they were talking about how we are really now expected to be hiring manager influencers and candidate career coaches. And Jovi, you did hit upon that a little bit when you were talking. Um, but that that all goes while we're navigating that ecosystem. So I'm going to ask um, specifically here first with Emma. Do you have a story that relates to this, whether it's the influencer and or coaching role that you performed where you made a difference? I was trying to think of this. I don't have really one specific story because I honestly sure. feel like every role I ever recruit, I am working with the hiring manager and candidates in terms of like coaching and influencing. I think when it comes to campus, if I think of specific examples is, is really working with hiring managers to look um, or to influence hiring managers beyond just the school they went to. I think that's a big one of really looking beyond just that like, oh, I went to this specific school, I only want to hire from them. So really influencing them to think beyond that um, or looking at candidates that maybe don't have the exact experience that they, they want from a co-op experience, or maybe they have no co-op experience before and they just have projects um, and kind of that influence side of like, hey, we hired this person who's now a new grad who worked on these same projects because at the end of the day, it's similar projects in every school. Um, 
to actually meet that candidate. And then on the career coach side, I think a lot of the time students don't really know what they want to do. They know they want to be an engineer, but there's so many different ways to to go that route. Um, so working with them to really think of like what technologies do they want to work on? What problems do they want to solve and coach them more to like a more um, specific or personalized view of what's going to get them there versus just this like broad. I want to work in tech as an engineer, but I do. I think even for students for director level, every role I work has kind of a, a combination of that. Awesome. Thank you for that. And Anthony, do you have a story that you want to share about, you know, either playing one or both of these roles or uh, something you want to share as far as a story with with the audience? Yeah, so you're definitely a coach and an influencer, both on the hiring manager side as well as the candidate. I would say probably just the most recent example, honestly, was just last week. Uh, candidate going uh, into, uh, trying to go into, I should say, a leadership opportunity, um, had a phone interview with the candidate. Right off the bat, I could tell they were kind of a little nervous. So a lot of just coaching just to let them know, listen, you know what, we're having a conversation here. It's not really an interview, even though it is, but just pretend we're having a conversation, just kind of making, you know, putting their nerves at ease. It sounds really silly, but taking a deep breath, having a candidate take a deep breath really allows them to, you know, feel relaxed. And then from there, you could just see the conversation was flowing. You know, I got all my questions answered. And then afterwards, I kind of just highlighted to the candidate themselves to say, listen, you see after how you took a deep breath, you see how, you know, how the conversation was flowing. You know, you sold your skill set well. I said, this is kind of what you have to do when you now go into the business interview is you have the exposure, you have the skill set, you have the experience. You just now need to, A, believe in yourself and B, just highlight it. And I said, what I tell everyone to do is, it sounds also silly, but just get a scrap piece of paper. Write down all the accomplishments. We're talking about a leadership role here. So at the end of the day, you know, what were you actually doing in respect to, you know, leading a project, coaching or mentoring staff? So I think just by, you know, giving them that guidance, giving them some confidence, you know, expressing what they did well and little tips and tricks along the way, it really does go a long way. And I'm happy to say that the actual candidate did get the actual position and now is going to be a successful leader within the company. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, I think that's where it's beyond just recruiting. It's a, it's a talent advisor and it's being that influencer and coach. And I'm going to take a quick pause because others on the, on the panel here may want to chime in on this question. I realize how, how interesting it, it could be. And maybe you have a story you want to tell. So, um, I'll, I'll ask, you know, if, if, if you want to speak up on this one, if not, we'll just go to the next question, but, uh, Jovic, um, Bridget or Sean, anything that you wanted to share about being an influencer or a coach, uh, before we go to the next question. Okay. All right. We'll go, we'll go to the next question. No problem. So, um, we all typically use situational competency and behavioral questions to assess our candidates. Um, I'm going to reach back out now to Jovic and say, what do you look for in a potential candidate beyond just the job requirements? Yeah, that's a very good question, uh, Brian. I remember um, prior to uh, WSB at RBC, we had, you know, um, behavioral testing questions. Um, you know, for me, those are important, uh, but they don't necessarily tell the whole story of, uh, in this case, student. Um, you know, I think students, they're still at the growth 
phase where they're still learning about themselves, learning about their interests and, and, and the skills. Um, so really at the end of the day, when, you know, you're picking up that phone, um, you know, you want to have a conversation with the students and, and identify what the transferable skills are, um, whether those are your technical or your soft skills. Um, and also identifying, um, you know, what their, as, as you know, I was talking about, like what their passions are and what their interest, um, you know, I think over the years in, in recruitment, uh, as looking for a student resume, you're not looking for years of experience or any re related experience. So, um, you know, that's the whole point, I guess, with, with hiring student is that um, you're not really looking at their grades or how well they did in the situational competency behavioral questions. You're looking uh, beyond that, um, you know, having those the conversation with the students and why they want to apply for a specific role. Hopefully yeah. So going, yeah. So going beyond credentials, looking mm -hmm. at skills, looking at passions, other things. That's that's super important for our listeners to hear because um, that that other added piece is is what also identifies you and separates you uh, from the pack and makes you stand out. Um, so thank you. Good good thoughts there, Anthony. Any thoughts about the beyond the candidates, just job requirements. Yeah, like Jovic said, it's, um, you know, it doesn't really tell the whole story when we're giving, you know, your competency or behavioral questions, but typically myself, when I'm uh, conducting interviews, um, communication skills are key. Um, are they part of any uh, associations, groups, team sports? You know, just trying to look to see how they demonstrate kind of teamwork, working with others. Um, if we can, it's kind of a little tough on the phone, but, you know, assessing analytical skills, adaptability, of course, you know, we always want to make sure that everyone's coming with a mature and professional attitude, um, preparedness, you know, do they actually, are they prepared for the interview? Did they actually research the company? Do they understand the role? So I think it goes a little bit beyond just those questions. You do now want to actually learn a little bit more about who is this candidate besides what's on a piece of paper. Um, but for me, I always like to do ask, like part of any associations or groups, because I know specifically at Impact, collaboration and teamwork is absolutely imperative. Um, so that's something always good just to just to kind of assess. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Anthony. So next question is for everyone, um, and I'll, I'll just go around the table. Starting, uh, I'll start with Emma on this one. So, focusing on the audience of this podcast, as I said, it's mostly students and new grads, but we get a whole lot of different different listeners. But thinking about the audience of students and new grads, what advice do you have for a listener on how they can stand out with you and also how they might stand out with the hiring manager? Emma? Yeah, I think it's all about um, doing your research. So um, maybe you don't have three co-ops worth of experience, but if you have done the research in terms of the company or the company's values, those are all important. Um, I know when students come to us, if it's a job fair, if it's a panel, if it's a first round interview and say, Hey, I saw this podcast that Stuart was on and I was really interested with our CEO and I was really interested in X, Y, Z. And he said this, and it really resonates with what I'm interested in. Or, um, I saw your donate your data program. It's all these little things that are easily findable on Ecobee, but it shows that you've kind of gone that extra step and it's not just, hey, I know you hire co-ops and I'm interested in Ecobee, that's why. Um, so going that like extra mile to really learn the things. If you um, have like, 
if you want that extra information, talk to your campus recruiter or the person that's working with you. They want you to get the job. Um, so ask them questions on what are your company's values? How can I stand out to this specific manager? We're here to help at the end of the day. We want you to get the job. Um, so ask those questions as well. It shows that you really do care about the opportunity. I love that. I, I think that's such a great add to the conversation and you know, I often say that to to campus uh, people I meet too. It's we're we're here to help you. We're here to make you be the best version of you. And um, so, some really good advice, Emma. Bridget, how about you? Um, any anything you would tell our listeners to think about on how to stand out, um, either with you or with the hire manager? Yeah, I think in addition um, to what Emma said in terms of doing your research, I think also just starting to build relationships with uh, recruiters and hiring managers early on. I think a lot of candidates wait until they're applying to the job and then they're reaching out. But I mean, some of the most successful students I've seen are ones that start in first year before they're even looking for their first internship and they start building their network, having coffee chats with people, figuring out who are the hiring teams, what companies they want to work with and starting to really build that network and actually nurturing it for, you know, sometimes a couple years until they are looking for that job or their ideal opportunity comes up with that company. They already have a contact there. Yeah. Again, some really awesome advice and um, some, some things people hopefully can jot down and take some notes on because these are all the things that are going to help you with that journey. Sean, as you think about this question, um, anything you would have for a listener on how they might stand out with you or with a potential hiring manager, or even maybe their next boss? Um, sure thing. I, I would 100% echo the comments that Bridget and Emma made about making sure that you have good questions prepared and do your research and making sure you're asking those questions to the right people. Um, the other area that I would think about is um, really trying to highlight the patterns in your profile. And so what I mean by that is if you've been consistently competitive and you're going for a sales role, really ensuring that the, that, that is a, a pattern that shows up in all your examples, right? Or, you know, you could think about teamwork or creativeness or there's other skills, but the more you're able to build that consistent narrative, that pattern of this is how you behave, um, role to role, environment to environment, if it's volunteer or if it's a paid work scenario or if you're, um, or if you're studying, um, I really think it's important to establish at least one, if not more patterns, um, so that they can better predict how you're going to perform um, if they move forward and, and hire you. Yeah, that's some awesome, awesome um, advice too. like linking your behaviors to paint a story to share your narrative and especially gearing that towards towards the job you're looking at. And I love that too, Sean, because so often we get sometimes people um, playing to the role that's in the job description. Um, where this is a flip on that approach where you're linking truly your own behaviors to what you can bring to the table versus, you know, playing to the job description. Um, I really like that advice. How about you, Anthony? Any thoughts around um, how people can, candidates could stand out with you and maybe a manager? Yeah, so I'm gonna echo everyone else's point. So it won't, won't repeat the same thing, but everyone is absolutely correct. That's all great advice. Um, I think just to add on, I wanna see yourself don't be yeah. afraid to ask questions. 100% do your research um, and network, network, network. It's all about who's in your network. It's all about just knowing that next person. Um, 
But again, just be yourself because that's what's going to get you to each level. And that's who's actually, they're going to actually know who you are as a person as well as a candidate. Yeah, some great advice. Don't blend in. This is your chance to stand out, right? Let's not not blend in with the masses. This isn't time to, to do that. So, Jovic, finally, this question for you. How can they stand out with you or the hiring manager? Yeah, and I learned this from you, Brian. I also remember this, like, bring your whole self when you're in a networking event. Um, you know, you don't want to try to be, you will fit in a, like a cookie cutter box um, type of situation. Um, I think it's very important to really highlight who you are as an individual, your what creativity you bring to the table. Um, and yeah, I would have to agree with everybody else, you know, do your research as well, like find out what appeals you to this particular uh, company or job. Um, but yeah, always, always back of the head, I think, bring your whole true self um, to, to meeting candidate at uh, hiring managers and recruiters. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks everyone for that one. And really great advice and uh, hopefully potentially help our future students with navigating the workforce. So we're going to shift the conversation a little bit here and we're going to focus on social media. I know we all use it. <laughs> we all love it or we hate it, but we all have our on, you know, our go-to platforms to engage specifically with candidates. Um, so I'm going to ask a few questions here. I'm going to start with Bridget and Emma and say, you know, how should candidates use social media to help them build their brand? Any thoughts? And uh, Bridget, I'll have you go first. Yeah, sure. So um, first thing, if you're not already using LinkedIn or social media in general in your job search, I'd say that's a huge missed opportunity. So um, number one, and I don't mean just having a LinkedIn profile, profile that's like the basis. I mean, actually getting out there networking and really using it to your full advantage. So, um, whether that's connecting with recruiters, following, um, influencers and in different industries, reading articles, posting, commenting, there's so much opportunity to really build your brand as a student or as a grad on LinkedIn. Um, and it's a free and easy way to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that idea of activating it and actioning it, not just, you know, putting your picture out there and, and that, and then you're done. Um, so Emma thoughts on this one for you. Yeah, same for me. I was thinking last night, I was like, how could you use TikTok for this? But I feel like it ages me talking about TikTok. So we'll keep with LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> agreed. Having one is like your baseline, but actually being active on it is really important. I think that even if you're listening to this podcast right now, sending each of us an invite and saying, hey, I heard you on the podcast, would love to connect, um, making sure you're personalizing it at the end of the day. And in 10 years, you might realize, hey, Bridget's hiring for this role and I heard her on this podcast. Oh, and I'm already connected with her. Um, those are all really helpful things to do. Um, and then I would just say like, ensure that it's like an honest representation of you and, and what you wanna do and what you have done. Um, so include projects that you've worked on or, or skills that you have. Don't lie about skills that you have, but really do make it like an honest and, and realistic portrait of like who you are as a candidate. And then if That's you have fun. tips on TikTok, feel free to shoot me a note. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm uh, I'm dated by TikTok too, and um, uh, even Instagram, which is scary to say out loud. But um, but yeah, no, there. LinkedIn obviously is the, is the go-to platform. Um, uh, I think for most of us here, and um, and again, I think what I heard from both of you was 
the humanization of even your reaching out and to make those connections. Um, you know, often we probably all receive those just uh, where they click the button to connect. You have no idea who they are or why they're reaching out, but, you know, sometimes it's helpful to include the, like your advice, Emma, was amazing. Like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. You said X, Y, and Z. It really interests me. I'd love to continue having the conversation or if you have a moment for a quick chat, you know, that kind of thing is really what grabs our attention. Um, you know, I know many of us get the, these reach outs where they're just, you know, the, again, just the connect button and you're not quite sure if you've even met them or how they want, how do they want to connect, why they want to connect. So my next question is a little bit more about that, you know, when Bridget, um, and I, I guess I just shared one, but any pitfalls of candidates using social media that you have actually seen that you want to share as a lesson for other listeners? Yeah, um, great question, because I think all of us as recruiters have seen some of the worst and the best. So um, I think, honestly, just when people, you know, use the wrong name, they put the wrong company in their request to you. That's always a turn off. Um, also, candidates that just reach out and say, um, can you please review my profile for openings at your company? So to me, that's right away um, a decline because one, you haven't even put in the time yourself to go look on the company's website and see what you're a fit for. So, you know, recruiters have so many different openings they're responsible for filling and obviously they want to find the best candidate, but you have to put in the effort too. So um, you just really showing that you've done the research, which Emma was saying earlier is huge. Um, please never ask a recruiter to look at your profile um, and find an opening for you. That's that's on you to to see what you might be a fit for. Or if you're not sure, say, hey, there's these two jobs that I'm considering. Would love your input on what makes most sense. Yeah, some really good, really good um, example. And I know we have, we could have a whole podcast on this probably, uh, <laughs> but just, does anybody else want to share anything around that for a lesson for students to think about on uh, social media before we go to the next question? All right, can I just jump in with a quick thought? Yeah, about absolutely. LinkedIn. Um, so uh, I'm likely not the only recruiter who thought this when Microsoft bought uh, Activision a few weeks ago. But how are we going to be able to start to recruit people while they're playing video games, right? Um, I think many people know that Microsoft owns LinkedIn. They now own one of the biggest video game companies. The the lines between our personal and professional lives are, are blurring more and more. And I think the pandemic has just really sped that up. But, you know, I know some high school students that you have listening to the uh, podcast uh, may think, you know, why do I need a LinkedIn profile? That doesn't really matter. Well, I think that's like, that's what a resume is going to be basically these days, right? It's, it's going to be your professional story and that's how people are going to learn about you. And sure, you're going to have lots of other uh, interesting parts about your life on the other platforms as they probably should be, uh, you know, where you're vacationing or what you're doing on a Friday or Saturday night or whatnot. But uh, um, I really think it's important when you think of how uh, much Microsoft is, is really in every single part of our lives, uh, especially with you know, gaming deal, right? Um, so I will yeah. stop with that thought. No, thank you for that ad and hot off the press for this podcast. So, you know, like the world is changing and the worlds are merging and um, 
hundred percent, especially with high school students and others get looking to go to university and thinking about that. Um, they are blurring and they've blurred for us too. So no, it's Sean. Thanks. That's a great ad and uh, great. Something great to think about too, how we think about that going forward. Anybody else have any social media tips or tricks or want to mention before we go, we flip to skills. Hey, Brian. Yep. Um, I always remember this acronym um, and for the students out there, new grads, uh, remember the acronym CUP when as it relates to LinkedIn um, or in other social cha uh, channels. Um, you know, for LinkedIn, you want to make sure it's current, updated, and professional. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, great to great to add that. That 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 has to be one of the one of the worst pitfalls when someone sends you their LinkedIn profile and there's nothing current. Yeah. Right? You're trying to figure out what well, what have you been doing? Like where are you? What is what's happening? So yeah, no, current, up to date, and professional. Great, great thought, Jovic. Thank you. Anybody else before we uh, go to the next question on skills? Any social media ideas? All right, we'll go. Um, so now shifting from social media and thanks again, everyone for jumping in on that one. We definitely have some good takeaways for, for our listeners. Um, we are in a world where I, and we alluded to a little bit earlier around some of the discussions through the various re recruiters here, but we're in a world now where, you know, it's not just about credentials. It's not just about where you went to school and what your grades were. Of course, those are important, but we also are seeing a shift now towards skills and transferable skills and specific skills that you might need to do a position or a role at any of any of these folks's uh, organizations. So when you think about those skills beyond just the classroom and thinking about lived skills, life experiences, um, and, and other skills that you may have gotten through your work integrated learning or at a co-op or an internship or a summer job at any of the organizations that are represented here today. Um, I want to ask, um, maybe I'll start with Sean on this first one is, you know, are there any specific skills that your business leaders are starting to look for more from candidates in 2022 that you're seeing? I'm hesitant a little bit to say that they aren't really that new, but I think they're just sure. that more. Hopefully you don't mind me going in this direction. Cause I think yeah, go whatever direction. That's so, fine. Um, uh, a wise person always told me, uh, you know, basics of recruiting are um, aptitude and attitude. Um, so when it comes to aptitude, I think that the skill that that translates into is just the ability to learn, right? So um, learning to learn and learning how you learn. Um, I've always said, I think teachers are the most important job in our economy because they are the ones that teach the next generation how to learn in the way that's best for them, uh, regardless of whatever the subject is, if it's our new, um, iOS that's on our mobile phone and all the new bells and whistles that come along with uh, liking things and um, all that kind of stuff. Or if it's about learning a, a, a new technology platform that you have to use for your job, right? Um, so I, I think that's you know more important than ever. There's so many new things that are coming out and disruptors that are coming out there. So being able to learn them is, um, I, I think, more important than ever. And then if the pandemic's taught us anything, um, the attitude, and I think that skill is resiliency. Um, really making sure that you're demonstrating how you have built yourself up to be a resilient person. There's things that we all do day in and day out. I mentioned that I love to bike, I meditate, 
Um, I drink a ton of water. Um, there's those things that you do to uh, make sure that you're resilient through these times that are tougher. Um, and certainly we've seen some of those during the pandemic. So I don't necessarily want to say they're new, but um, I would say they're they're even more important. So that's absolutely Yeah, important. no, that's amazing, Sean. And you said again, aptitude and? Attitude. Attitude. Awesome. The two A's. The two A's from Sean. All right. <laughs> Emma. <laughs> I would agree. I think the, the things I'm going to say are, are not new, um, but being able to uh, work in a team and being able to communicate how you've worked in a team. Um, I think project management is a really big one um, on how to prioritize tasks as well are, are two things that we look in for in candidates of like, have you worked with a team? Can you manage and prioritize your tasks from a day to day? I think also if you think of the pandemic and COVID is working virtual is hard. Um, so people that, again, can prioritize their tasks, but also people that are humble and, and okay to ask for help. Um, I think it's it's harder in virtual times to do that. So the people that have been able to thrive in virtual or at least learn to live in virtual um, and do their roles are, are things that we look for as well. Awesome. Good. Another good insights and advice as well. Well, this this has been incre completely incredible. I I couldn't talk. I could talk with all of you all day, but I know we need to wrap, and um, that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you, especially to in the middle of your probably busiest season, which I don't think there's ever a slow season, but maybe the summer. Um, thank you all for joining me and for being a guest on this podcast during National Mentoring Month here in Canada. I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for the list. If you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network and please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery, and until next time, please stay well.